0: And one of the things we
1: talk about is if we don't give effort, if we're not recognized for effort at University of Oklahoma, then I'm a con man and they're a fraud. All
0: right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown podcast brought to you guys by SB Nation Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host today, Kami Aram and joined by my co-host, Stephen Brown. Jack lied to us. He said he'd be here. And then today, <laughs> he's not here. He's, what did he say to us? um he just said he's not gonna be here didn't he say we could like punish him some sort of way we could oh yeah we, we can uh you have permission to peg me with fruit if i can't next week can definitely do it then jack is getting uh, married jack is getting married um so i, I imagine he's a uh, he's got he's planning that wedding he's a probably. busy guy he is a busy guy but... future
1: wedding planner too <laughs>
0: yeah is that a do you think that is that a lucrative job oh yeah i know i got friends that do it in like what do they do like i know of course they plan weddings but like what do you know what the process is like timeline
1: you gotta get all the chairs the flowers the
0: lighting it
1: seems arduous but uh they get paid a lot Hmm.
0: interesting oh man what has happened this week anything interesting I don't know.
1: Today's this week's been crazy so far, so I'm so out of the loop. I think uh, it rained. It was cool. (laughs) Finally, feels like spring. It's not like 20 degrees again,
0: dude. Like I was happy because like it doesn't get dark to like what 8:30 now. That's great. And I went on a run at 8 o'clock, but I forget my allergies. Like because I have seasonal changing allergies, and I don't really get like my nose stuffed up or anything. My sinuses sometimes they can feel pressure but I get gnarly seasonal changing headaches. Do you ever get those? Oh yeah. Like I'm allergic to everything in Oklahoma, sometimes they're terrible. Sometimes they're more bearable. Uh, but I went on a run after like my workout and I came, I came in and ate dinner and now we're podcasting. And I feel like I just ingested all the pollen while the wind was like whipping around before this storm, or I guess this brief amount of rain that happened, but I guess we could talk about football. We, we we have things to talk about, right? We've got talking about Chris McClellan, who had a pretty decent showing at the five-star challenge. He like won everything as a three-star, by the way. Uh, talking about uh, previewing the, the de- defense a little bit more, linebackers, defensive secondary, and just a little more important things like breakout candidates, all Americans, and Alex Grinch in general. But I guess we can start. And this is from a Twitter post I thought was interesting that I think it was an ESPN thing. I can't remember what it was from. I just saw it on Twitter and they had OU rated as, you know, in the top four or something like that as best running back schools ever. And some of the names they mentioned, Adrian Peterson. Sure. Yeah. Great. DeMarco Murray. It's fantastic. And then they mentioned Samaje Pirine. And I was thinking, okay, like everybody loves Samaje. He's a big bowling ball, but I don't think, he's even top five running back since 2000. And we even talked about this before the podcast. Like he's talented as far as being a bowling ball running guys over, but as far as like skill wise, what is, what is there? I mean, that, that sounds bad, but what is he, what is he great at? What, what is he a game changing running he's, back? He's great at being like 240 pounds. Is he kind of running back that Can win you a national title? Uh,
1: yeah, he can get you there he's not going to do it by himself. He's not like, uh, oh, man, like what? Trent Richardson or whatever you want to call it. Derrick Henry. But, uh, I mean, I wouldn't put P. Ryan in my top five, but I don't think he's as one-dimensional as some people want to make him, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because he did have some some pretty clutch catches. I think there was one in the was it Tennessee game for the, sure. The
0: Tennessee game. Uh, now.
1: Baylor? Big... Do you have one in Baylor?
0: I believe so. No, wait. Mm, what are you thinking of? What play?
1: Would have been uh, Baker Mayfield to
0: Smaj P. Ryan for a touchdown. I believe that was Dimitri Flowers. Okay. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. But I mean, he's he's really good at running people over. And I just, I just he's, he doesn't have the best hands. And I, I look at his success or his lack thereof of success in the NFL kind of as a key to what he was. He's a great running back. Nobody in the big 12 could touch him except that Houston linebacker just blew him up at NRG stadium. God. Who was the Raquan McMillan, right?
1: Uh, sounds right. So who, who are your top five
0: running backs?
1: Since 2000, Since, yes, obviously 2000. Adrian Peterson's going to be number one. Uh-huh. And then I, I think you could make an argument. I would put DeMarco number two, but I could see people putting mix in number two or interchanging DeMarco and Mixons two and three. Yeah. um number four probably quentin griffin i think you'd have to go that's an easy one number five is where it gets hairy and uh i think a lot of people will do Samaj pierre just because of the stats um but i would go
0: he is the leading rusher in OU history i mean he has the 400-something game against kansas that's
1: true oh man i you know you mentioned rodney anderson i don't mind that at all i might even go uh Ramondre stevenson because i think if if given enough time he would have been very special no use offense
0: i agree and, and i think if Damian williams had not been kicked off the team by yeah, bob stoops that's by another good name um by uh not violating team rules like five times in a row he would have been really good <laughs> i have i have special insight into that one about damien williams like i asked about i asked about him like why was he kicked off the team because remember tony jefferson and kenny stills were losing their minds pissed when Damian Williams was kicked off and then I asked and like, I was like, Oh yeah. He, uh he broke the rules like five times in a row in a row. And it was the same rule. And so that was, that was it for Bob. So, but yeah, my, my five, they're pretty similar, right? You can't go wrong with agent Peterson. He kind of got really screwed as freshman year, right? The dude is in the Heisman conversation, probably the best player in the country at the time, probably NFL ready already. Doesn't win any awards. At all. He finishes, like, second or third in Heisman voting. He splits with Jason White, so Matt Leiner wins. The running back, the Doak, they give it to Cedric Benson? Yeah. Rest in power, Cedric Benson. But, like, come on, man. Like, really? So, whatever. It's, uh, I mean... That, that, was be- then, that was that before freshmen weren't was, allowed to yeah, win. it thing. was
1: unheard of for a freshman to really get national awards.
0: Johnny Manziel like broke that mold, and he was a redshirt freshman. So it's just unbelievable to me that they were not willing to give Adrian Peterson anything just because he's a freshman, despite him being like probably the best recruit they've seen ever at that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, you just burst on the scene. You look like a what a junior going into your your true freshman season. It's just. You don't see that coming through the door every, you know, 10 years. It's, it's a once in a ger- generational player. And they kind of just screwed him on the award side.
0: I agree. And number two, I've got Joe Mixon just because Joe Mixon, of, of course, he had his own personal issues. Right. And he, he went a year early into the, into the draft. Basically Stoops kind of gave him, told him to, he gave him kind of an ultimatum like, Hey, you're going to leave after this year. And, uh, DeMarco Murray, he had injury trouble. He, if he played, he probably wouldn't have won a national title. He said it himself. So I'm I'm going Joe Mixon because DeMarco he he tried to be tough, especially when that one off season. He like they kept on ESPN kept on playing it up. Oh, his tr- MMA training. Oh, he's he's <laughs> he's training to be a fighter. And so like he tight he tight roped the sideline against Texas, and that was a lot of fun. But Joe Mixon, like could really play both games he could play the power style and just run you over and stiff arm you as much as he could run around you so that's why i have mix in second but demarco murray's a, a good third and that's no disrespect to demarco murray i mean he's he's really great he's kind of more i feel like is, am i wrong for saying that i think demarco murray's more of a finesse guy um he went to, once he got to the cowboys the nfl he kind of changed that narrative but yeah only college though mess. number four but he would
1: run between the tackles
0: that's fair. I mean, they they also like Chris Brown there too. That they kind of like balance each other out. In Moses Madu, God, that backfield was loaded in two thousand eight. But number four, I'm gonna go Rodney Anderson. Uh, the dude like battled what? But broken? What? Are broken he, what
1: are neck, he, broken leg, neck, ACL, leg,
0: ACL, and he's still in the NFL right now. <laughs> And man, if he had not gotten hurt at all, I just can't imagine what he was, what he could have done at OU. And again, that's why he's down on this list. He's a great running back, but he doesn't hit. He doesn't fit the tier of Adrian Peterson or Joe Mixon to me. I think he's still a great running back. And then lastly, I got Quentin Griffin. People forget how good Quentin Griffin is. Uh, very agile, very you know waterbug kind of like play style. He's not going to run you over. You couldn't even really see him because the linemen were so much bigger than him. Uh, Great hands, really great in the option. Uh, Clutch, he has the most touchdowns ran in against Texas, like in history. So that's fun. But I could see why you would say Ramondre Stevenson. I could see why uh, you might. What what other guys are kind of like fringe? Are there any other fringe guys? Oh, man. is Alan Patrick? That's who I was going to
1: grab. It was was like an honorable mention as Alan Patrick. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Remember that that six spin movie had against AM that was called it all the way called, back?
1: yeah. What was it called back for? Was it holding? It was a hold. Okay. And I
0: think AM had Javorsky Lane, that fat running back.
1: I feel like Javorski Lane was at AM for like at least ten years.
0: Something like that. Or they had dudes that were just like him, you know.
1: Um, I think if you know if Trey Sermon didn't transfer out, you can make that argument that maybe he's maybe in that conversation as far as um uh, being that freak athlete. But uh Unfortunately, it didn't work out there with him. And uh, was it Bowler? Didn't nope. see I die. Yeah, that's awkward.
0: Especially once Baker Mayfield called him out about it. That's so uncomfortable. Was it deserved, though, do you think? When Baker Mayfield was like, hey. You know, because Bowler was like, oh, yeah. Well, thanks for pointing out all the great running backs in the running back room. And then Baker Mayfield, of course, says they everybody knew Kale recruited the backs. They, <laughs> came, they came to owe you um... in spite of you, is what he told them.
1: It's, it's harsh, but it's true, I, especially when you look at what Bullware did towards the end of his career at OU. What, nothing? Um, losing off like, McClellan. That was, that was a big, big miss for him as far as just having a guy that's going to sign with you pretty much three days before signing day, and then you just get the rug pulled out from you. I hate when that
0: happens. Sounds like Bulware to me. Where's he at now? He got let go by the Texas staff.
1: He is, I have no idea. Did he go to Texas AM maybe?
0: Did he go to AM or did he go to like, uh to or not football? AM, uh tech? Did he go to like football hear. rehab and get coffee drink saban? He
1: at least I've listed as a, at Texas. So maybe justn't
0: found a job. you right. Oh that's awkward. TCU people are still angry at Chandler Morris, specifically the stats of war folks. Do you think that they're their anger is well-placed? No.
1: No. It, I mean, listen, it sucks for Chandler Morris. It's a shitty situation. Um, It looks bad on Lincoln Riley's part because he can just solve the whole thing, essentially, just by signing off on a piece of paper. But at the same time, they, they're making it so dramatic. Like, this kid's, like, up all night worrying if he's going to be able to play next season. No, he's not going to be able to play next season. Max right. Duggan is.
0: Do you think Chandler Morris would even... St- play for them this year
1: in, uh, in, in, like, they might in... work him into some like rotation some practice or some uh some packages there because i think he has a way better arm than than max duggan
0: well, tcu's not really meant for throwing the ball right i just think it's ridiculous but then like we, we talked about this last time his dad's now the head coach at allen might change his tune soon but you we, we talked about this and you said you eh, might change it in the summer Seems I think once they get
1: out of spring and everything settles down, I bet I bet they get that signature from Lincoln.
0: I think that's fair. Now, now tell me about tell me about Chris McClellan, who <laughs> is a three star out of Owasso, and loves like loves Ohio State, and he just went to a five star challenge and just completely dominated and won all the awards. Uh, it was, should OU fans and staff, I suppose, worry about not securing this guy's commitment?
1: Uh, There's a little bit of worry there. Um, I think he recently went to that Rivals camp. At, was it in Dallas, maybe? Yeah, I think so. Uh, on Sunday or Saturday, something like that. And really had a great, great showing. Um, there's, there's a great clip of him. They're doing like a cone drill against an offensive lineman. And uh, he just blew him up, took the cone. And uh, just basically flicked it back at the at the lineman who was kind of upset. So um, he's a he's a very salty guy. Um, but as far as his recruitment goes, it's you can make the argument that oh, OU did the right thing. There's no great way to frame it if you do that. Um, obviously, the OU once gave Dindy the five star defensive tackle, defensive end, what do you want to label him, In- interior defensive lineman uh, out of Florida. And for the longest time, they felt like they're in great position for that. And they still are. Um, So that's why that offer didn't really go out as soon as it would. And at the time, you look at Chris McClellan as a guy that wasn't quite breaking onto the scene until last fall. And that really didn't warrant an offer because I don't think OU does in-state offers unless they're committable.
0: You know, I swear to God. Which is
1: fair. I mean, you can do an offer to a guy in Tennessee and say, you know, we want to offer you this this scholarship, but we can't take you at the moment. You can't do the same thing with an in-state
0: kid. Right. If Oklahoma loses another Tulsa guy, I'm going to lose my mind. Why do do they have so, so much trouble in securing the signature of people from Tulsa, specifically like Owasso in that area.
1: Um, uh, I talked to some people, like some coaches from that area, and they think that narrative is a little bit overblown as far as Oklahoma neglecting that and recruiting that area. Um, it's just one of those things where Oklahoma in a tough place where they can go after a guy nationally, someone who's really highly rated, someone who's really burst onto their scene, like their sophomore, junior, junior uh, year and then they're late on getting to an oklahoma kid that's really hasn't done much until his junior senior year so it's a tough place to recruit as far as where oklahoma's positioned as a a national brand Uh, but at the same time there's that narrative i think it started with josh jacobs that oklahoma doesn't think i'm good enough so i'm gonna go elsewhere which it just isn't true it's just it's a popular opinion to
0: have how how does OU not just have somebody living in Tulsa from their staff that just like keeps tabs? Like how does oh, somebody not got just Annie, have
1: a, Annie Hanson's husband?
0: Yes, you sound like that. You know, <laughs> why, why don't they just have somebody living at like? I think the, she does
1: live in Tulsa
0: at OU Tulsa, and just like stay there and just, like go recruit the Tulsa kids.
1: It's just not that simple, especially during COVID, where you can't do. Like on campus visits. You can't go to a high school and see a guy in person at, at practice or at his house, that kind of thing.
0: You can always so it's
1: more us. well I mean you could then you just have to stop recruiting them, like what Florida did. Florida I mean, Auburn.
0: Oklahoma, they're not the cleanest program. There's no clean programs out there. Honestly. Skill- no, no
1: perfectly clean programs.
0: On a scale of one to 10, 10 being just like super, 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 like unclean. Like I'm talking like, like A&M. Dog, Like dog rolled in the mud. Yeah. Where would you put OU at?
1: Oh, man. I don't want to get in trouble for saying it. I'd give it like a four. Four, maybe a five.
0: Oh, interesting. That's intriguing. Now, talking about. You know, the guys that talk about uh, Oklahoma as the cleanest program in the country that, you know, they do it the right way, right? Because Oklahoma, did, they don't. I would, <laughs> I would always say, just
1: not to get caught.
0: I would say they're a one, right? This guy would say they're a one uh, or zero. Joe C. Joe Castiglione, or as Porter Moser would like to say, Joe he, uh he's putting together quite a, a an athletic staff once again. He's got Porter Moser. Um, he's got a uh, oh, I just blanked the name Annie, uh, not Annie, Jenny Bron Bron Bronchevik Bronchek, Jenny Bronchek, And yeah, <laughs> and he got Lincoln Riley. He's got Patty Gasso. Joe Casiglione is one of the best 80s in the country. How much longer do you think he has at OU? Because I think a lot of people thought he would kind of go out with stoops, but that's not the case.
1: Yeah, I think he's probably got 10 years left, right? Something like that. 10? Five to 10. I don't think it's any less than 5.
0: I think it's more than 5, but fewer than 10.
1: I'm going to go 10. I'm going to go 10 with that one.
0: Wow. That surprises me. Geez, how old will he be in ten years?
1: Uh, oh man, I don't know. He'd be up there, but by then, you mean you got like a protege? You can see your product paying off with what you did now within the within ten years, and then you hand it off to whoever is under
0: his shoulder now, under his wing. Who would that be? His his uh, his God. son that his son that fumbled the ball in the spring game.
1: He's also is the uh, defense attorney for what's it? Spencer Jones. Is he really? Oh, he just went off on some weird Twitter rampage about it.
0: That's weird.
1: I think it got deleted pretty quick, especially when yeah. your dad's the AD at Oklahoma.
0: Yeah. It sounds, sounds like a poor decision.
1: And you can afford an attorney that day.
0: Come on, man. Like, I'm, I'm, glad the story, I'm glad that story I'm glad that storyline is dead that thing is dead right it was overblown
1: people they're wanted like, to make it like the the next Mixon thing and it's next, just a placeholder
0: the next Baker thing oh they're yeah. drunk these dudes are wrestling on the ground with pee everywhere <laughs> like that's not a story
1: no one wins there
0: nobody wins except you know Logies or whatever that it was filmed at but I don't know but We're going to go to a break for our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to talk about positional breakdowns, inside linebackers, defensive backs, cornerbacks, safeties, nickelbacks, even a flex because we have no idea where to put these dudes because everybody's going to rotate in an Alex Grinch defense. And then a couple other kind of pressing questions about this team. So we'll check you guys right after the break. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. All right, so let's talk about all the positions on defense, specifically looking at linebackers. We already talked about the rush edge last time, so Nick Benito and those guys, that was like a week ago. Let's start with inside linebackers. and I'm not grouping them. I'm not I'm not going to go weak side. I'm not going to go strong side. I'm just going to put them inside linebackers because in an Alex Crunch defense, that's kind of how they treat these dudes. They treat these dudes as interchangeable pieces that know the defense because it's simplistic and your assignments are really really easy to read and that's what makes the defense be able to be fast or speedy speed D inside linebackers we've got Deshaun White Brian Asamoah, David Igwebu Caleb Kelly Shane Witter is is uh, old boy still there Brian He's Meade. old boy
1: uh, Brian, Brian Mead I think did, is did he still finally graduate there.
0: There's no way is he really still there
1: I Thought I saw him the other day. Ooh,
0: but I mean, at this
1: point, it really doesn't matter.
0: Oklahoma's developing depth that inside really a defense, right?
1: And Uh, one of the deepest groups might be the linebacker group. We talked about being the, the defensive line, but when you break it down like that, I mean, this is maybe the deepest linebacker course since, oh man, Venables. Early 2010, yeah, Venables, I was say 2010, 2011, 2009 maybe.
0: And you have a legit linebackers coach in Brian Odom, who I like a lot. I mean, like, let's say this. Who starts game one at inside linebacker?
1: Who starts? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think probably Asamoah and White, most who likely.
0: game six?
1: Asamoah and Nguibu.
0: I feel like that's what everybody's going to say. Why, why, don't, why don't we start Igwebu in the beginning then?
1: Uh, I think he's a guy that's really going to kind of burst. Like, the early games, I think White's going to handle pretty well. Okay. Um, further into the season, I think Igwebu's body is just built for the longevity of that, of that season. I think Deshaun White, not so much.
0: And do you think part of it has to do with David Igwebu still kind of learning that inside position?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's not easy to pick up, especially for a guy that, that played outside. And uh, I think he also played like wide receiver or something. <laughs> um, so he wasn't really a natural inside linebacker. Um, so you don't have those in- instincts already built in. You have to kind of uh, gather those in practices in the offseason, watching film, that kind of stuff. And he's just not there yet.
0: What is Deshaun White just lacking then? That Because Deshaun White... He was a four-star guy. Brian Odom said he was the most instinctual linebacker he'd ever coached or not coached yet because he was just hired on staff. Brian SMO is a three-star guy from Ohio. And David Aguebu is an outside linebacker, but now he's like, you know, he's a, a incredible specimen athletically and and physically. Uh play outside and now he's gonna go inside. What, what is up with Deshaun White? Why why the lack of trust in him? Because it's not just like it's, – it's, it's it's a lot of people that suggest Bryant, uh, that Deshaun White may be left out in the cold, maybe the third wheel here.
1: He just doesn't have those highlight plays like the other two. Like um, David Aguebu, you look at the, the plays against Texas, against Oklahoma State, uh, the block Colorado. punt. Florida the he, interception. He, he Florida. blew up
0: like two. Oh players.
1: God. Number 14. He's still trying to block David <laughs> Guebu out there. It was, that was so
0: he stopped that play by himself. This man <laughs> blew up two players and then tackled the ball, ha- uh, ball handler.
1: I mean, so Guebu just flashes as like that freak athlete kind of in the same way that Kenneth Murray did just, um, just not as, as explosive, but uh, I don't see that from Deshaun white. I mean, he's a steady player and like, uh, we talk about building quality depth. That's as good as depth as you can get. as having got like Deshaun White back there.
0: Man, I, that has the light of fire under his ass, right?
1: Apparently it has because he's been having a pretty good early, uh, early start to the spring.
0: And I, I really like Brian Esamoa. I mean, the dude like, because Deshaun White, he doesn't jump off the film at you. I mean, he He's fundamental. He has a nose for the ball. He's not, incredibly athletic he's not incredibly fast but i feel like he's super fundamental and i think that's kind of like i think that's integral to this defense but and of course he's gonna get he's like the nick collison he's gonna get that defense he's gonna get playing time regardless because alex grinch just rotates in dudes to keep him fresh and what better you know options to have Deshaun White and Brian Asamo Okay, you have David Agwebu. Oh, you have Caleb Kelly, a seasoned veteran. It was Shane Witters coming on the scene, and and didn't did Brendan Walker move inside or is he is he still on edge? he's still on the edge. But you have a lot of dudes, and I can do. You see, like I feel like David aguebu is going to be on the field at the same time as Deshaun White and Brian Semoa sometimes, and I feel like Oklahoma, what they could do. Which is should be really fun and could be very exciting for a lot of people. Oklahoma could put Perry and Winfrey at the nose. You could have like a do like Jalen Redmond or whoever else you trust at the other tackle position and run four linebackers. So you could have a run a legit two four five with Nick Benito at the strong side, right? Yeah, you could do that. You pull wouldn't that off. Wouldn't that be a lot of fun?
1: You'd have to have the right offense on the other side.
0: Oh, of course you're not you're not gonna be playing yeah. Kansas State. Right. You're going to be playing so. the, the big spread teams like Texas Tech who aren't going to run the ball. And David Aguabu he can hold his own at that, at that spot. Nick Benito, a little bit small as far as like, okay, I say small. But Nick Benito is not a strong side defensive end. But at the same time, I mean, he can hold his own. But David Aguabu those dudes, they could really run some, wreak some havoc on a lot of offenses, especially if, you, let's say Oklahoma gets a team down 17 points and it's the beginning of the fourth quarter. They have to pass the ball. You think Oklahoma is not going to run that set several times just to kill the, kill the quarterback.
1: They could do that. They could even move a guy like uh key Lawrence could fill that role. Cause we're not talking about him enough. I think he's going to probably play in the nickel. He's big enough to be an outside backer and he, we can see him move and uh, you look at what is his car or his, uh, high school tape was he played a lot towards the line of scrimmage as uh, a defender and a running back. So he would be able to do both roles there.
0: Let's, let's talk about, let's talk about this nickel back and let's talk about guys getting closer to the line. Buki's gone. Uh, Trey Norwood decided to go to the NFL. So now <laughs> you, you have, instead of having the one of the two nickel backs, you have zero of the nickel backs that you thought you were get, maybe going to come back. And Alex Grinch saying, hey, man, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Cradell has made the biggest leap of anybody I've ever seen in my life, pretty much. And so you would assume Jeremiah Cradell is the nickelback. But Key Lawrence, you bring up in great physical packages. I could totally see that. I could see Key Lawrence playing a ton of snaps against a Texas or a Kansas State or Iowa State. Uh, Billy Bowman, do you think he plays there? I
1: do not think he plays at the nickel because when you look at the guy like Billy Bowman, um, who seems to be a little bit more instinctual, um, a little bit more athletic than Buki. Uh, at the same time, not very big dude. He's about five nine, So you're still going to have those same issues playing those larger teams with like uh, like Iowa State. Uh, you're not going to throw Bowman out there. You're going to have Key Lawrence.
0: How do you feel about Jeremiah Crudeau playing the nickel? I
1: think he might stick at safety. I'm not, I'm not, it's just a little instinct I got.
0: And then who do you who do you have playing Nickelback?
1: Nickel, I'll go right now. I think they have Billy Bowman starting. Oh, man. At least as far as what I've heard from practices. But I bet it's, you know, once Key Lawrence settles down into the, the summer, because you have to remember – He's not a very old guy. He's, he's coming in as a guy that only played like what one season of football.
0: Yeah, he played one at season at Tennessee, and he didn't – I don't think he even started. He was a high-profile. And it's the COVID season, so. Yeah, he is a high-profile recruit. Of course, Tennessee is getting crap for it now, right? Everybody just left because – Right, so you got to coach the
1: stuff out of Tennessee and then apply it to OU. So it's going to take a little bit of time, but I think he eventually finds
0: that role. You think he finds that role by game three or five?
1: Definitely by five. I'm not sure by three, though.
0: All right. We'll call it an even four. Let's go. Let's jump. Let's jump to cornerbacks. Woody Washington and DJ Graham. Are those your CB1 and CB2, or are you looking for a surprise because of recent developments in practice?
1: Uh, I think that will eventually be it. But okay. apparently, Justin Harrington is just absolutely having a great time at cornerback.
0: And he's a guy that, like, before the podcast, I was thinking I have no idea where to put this man because he wants to play at cornerback. The coaches, I know, they're like, yeah, let him, let's let him play at cornerback. But there's a variety of positions he can play. Uh, safety, he's huge. Like, that dude is big, big. Like, six, what, six three two thirty? 230? Yeah, he's One probably is, all a six three. Is, is he He's huge. And so, like... If you can, if he can play a quarterback, if he can hold his own, sure. I worry about, I worry about his knee that he came to OU with. He had a bad, actually pretty bad injury that had to get cleaned up, and so right right now he's playing with a brace on, just like Latrell McCutcheon, just like uh, Jaden Hazelwood. You have a lot of athletes playing with braces on, so you're not really getting the full effect of what they can do. It's difficult to play like that in space with a brace. I mean, yeah, the, the lineman do it all the time, but in space where you have to be a quick twitch and that brace kind of just like it really just impedes kind of what it's you're trying to do. It's not for skill positions. It definitely isn't. And so you think he's going to stick at cornerback?
1: The thing about Harrington is uh, when they were recruiting him, I believe they recruited him as a corner. I think. Um, and the reason being is I think to get him on campus, they needed to kind of go with what his mindset was. And He's always felt that corner is his most natural position. That's where you like to play. Um, but obviously size wise, he's going to fit better at safety. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how twitchy you are going to lose a little bit of twitchiness with that ACL. So that might just be the, the, the deciding
0: factor there for him. Who's not going to get playing time or who's going to get the least amount of playing time out of this bunch? Woody Washington, DJ Graham, Jaden Davis, Josh Eaton. Latrell McCutcheon or Justin Harrington, if he sticks at cornerback?
1: I might go Eaton because okay. Eaton's
0: farther back
1: physically, and I don't I don't think they're going to want to push that too much until he's ready to get out
0: there. So you think Kutch coming off of a pretty gnarly knee injury, um, who's been showing out Jaden Davis had nothing but great things to say about him today, saying he's going to be an elite playmaker, an elite corner at OU. Do you think Joshua Eaton is far behind him?
1: Uh, yes, because you remember Did you see Eaton coming in? Mm -hmm. He looked kind of like uh, kind of like Jeff Mead,
0: very skinny, very skinny. He's put on some weight, he's put on some muscle. It looks good, yeah, but it's
1: gonna take a while to fill that frame out just because it's so large. Like he's what six three six three ish, somewhere in there, yeah, yeah. So it's gonna take a little bit of time. That's nothing against him, that's just how bodies develop.
0: And he'll still get playing time, right? Because we saw Josh Eaton play last year, right? I think he was it
1: against Texas. He, got he, he
0: he started to play against Texas, and you saw him start to filter in a little bit later in the year. So, like all these guys, I mean, I think Alex Grinch. Like, well, the first thing what Alex Grinch talked about once he got to OU was like, "Holy shit, there's no depth here."
1: Yeah, now all of a sudden you're you're talking about a pretty legitimate two d
0: that and he's like you can't trust anybody like besides the starters do you think that's the same case as the safeties now because like right now you got DTY you got Bryson Washington who Alex Grinch seems to like you've got Patrick Fields who a lot of people like just because of his leadership abilities he'll probably be a team captain and then Jordan Mukes is impressing but who, who else is going to play safety? Because I don't think you want true freshman Jordan Yukes on the 2-D.
1: Um, we talked about Harrington as, as a guy that could maybe move over there. Um, Bryson Washington, he's a guy that probably needs to see the field just to get that experience in his head, just to get a feel for the game. I don't think they really gave him a shot other than special teams last season. Uh, but obviously, a tremendously talented athlete, just really hasn't transitioned to the the college level just yet. Um I mean you could always put <laughs> Justin Broyles back there. Don't say this. Don't say that. That's bad. Um do you think I'm just that, kidding. He's a cool guy. Do you think that all this could just be Kendall Dennis is another guy.
0: Yeah he's another uh, we guy. don't
1: really talked about that really I think he had a pretty good first fall camp given the circumstances. So
0: do you think that this could just be totally blown up and they try to figure out their best five on the field and DJ Graham and let's say Justin Harrington or your CB ones and twos, and they play Woody Washington as safety and put Pat fields at like nickel.
1: Pat fields fits better than nickel. I
0: think. Trying to get the best five on the field. Kind of like your offensive line. Like
1: but I think I would go Woody
0: would Washington go Woody. is not a quarterback. He's he like, he likes to play safety. He plays the ball really well. Mm-hmm. So
1: I think he, as a safety, that would be an easy transition for him. Hope he keeps he's A little bit running. of a ball hawk.
0: He is. He, he, you know, he's one of the few cornerbacks over the last 10 years for OU on their defense that actually looks and turns around to look at the ball. And then you saw that a lot <laughs> he more.
1: Dakota Austin. Oh, man. Just throw your hands
0: up. I, I still have those screenshotted tweets saved that him saying that he was going to come out of nowhere and everybody's going to be like, wow, this guy's so good. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Didn't didn't check out when you tackled the wrong player. Man. Oh, you've come a long way since then, right? And that's not that far away.
1: I mean, it was, it's a few years back, but you look at what they were, that was
0: just a dumpster fire. Oh, my God. And there are players still on this team that remember what they had went through, like Isaiah Thomas, right? And other guys that are, that remember Brian Mead, Brian Mead, Caleb Kelly. He even talked about it, but they remember what it was like to play with Mike Stoops and to be on the defense and be like a, you know, somebody, a, a, a force on the team that you were dependent upon the offense that they, they could not rely on you in tough situations, of course, and you saw that in the bowl games, and you saw that in, in, in the national semifinals. And now they're kind of turning that leaf, it's not even like what in Grinch's third, he's going into his third year, and yeah, the narrative has just flipped. Oklahoma has depth in a lot of places, and that you're excited about. We talked about the defensive line just the other day, and we're like, man, that's a lot of depth. And we're talking about the linebackers and the defensive backs, thing dang, that's a lot of talent. It's a lot of length. That's a lot of depth. And it's just like how far Oklahoma has come to now. It's a legit title contending team. It's a legit team that is balanced for the first time since how, how balanced (laughs) is this team? Like how balanced, when's the last time Oklahoma you've seen an Oklahoma team, this balanced offensively and defensively because even that 2008 team
1: that's what i was going to say
0: even that 2008 team the defense is pretty good and like you people might say oh well they gave up 28 30 points a game that's because they gave the opposing team so many possessions do you think it's 2008 that's the last time that oklahoma that's has been what i
1: would go with because at the same time you look at 2008 2008- team they were scoring like 60 plus points consistently
0: yeah it was like an average score of like 50 something to 28 or something like that yeah they were, they were killing it just giving the extra team a lot of a lot of possessions and kevin wilson was just like hurrying that crap up every time gosh that's a long time ago man
1: It's just like what 12 years 13 13 years i can't do
0: math that's yeah, okay we don't use it who is your breakout candidate for out this, of this year. group out of this group, who's your breakout candidate and why?
1: Out of this group, I think the easy choice would be Justin Harrington. Just because of the, the press he's getting, as well as just the uh the physicality and the the, the measurables there. So let's um, we'll Oklahoma- rule him out for a second and we'll go I'll go DJ Graham. I think he finds a huge role in this defense.
0: Okay. Is Oklahoma gonna see going back to Justin Harrington is Oklahoma going to see Oklahoma fans. Are they going to see what Oklahoma and Alex Grinch were really hyping on last year, this year, do you, or do you think Oklahoma is going to see that production on the field?
1: Uh, I think they will. I think they will. This is one of the, one of the best staffs that ever had. So um, as far as development, I don't think you can doubt them too much.
0: Cause I think a fear is, a, the injury, of course, but also B, Oklahoma waits so long just for it to be another Chujoke Oni on getcha situation. And Chujoke wasn't a bad player. No, he's pretty good. Wasn't great, but good. He was serviceable. Man, breakout game. So DJ Graham, huh? A legacy. I'll go DJ Graham. He had one of my favorite plays of the year, right? Charlie Brewer's r- rolling left and just tries to flip it over. He was a lame duck of a throw. And DJ Graham, who was a former wide receiver, just like, like it looks around he's the only one there he's rushing downhill to go tackle charlie brewer stop him it's like high points the ball that was one of the funnest plays of the year and that's of course when oklahoma was just really rolling on defense um, i'm gonna take one of the guys that i just like freaking love in this class out of these the last couple classes some dude for some reason that I've been rolling with that I've been really high on. I freaking love Brian Asamoah. I love how he plays the dude. Like he plays like he shot out of a cannon. He plays with almost like he plays on the edge of kind of recklessness. Uh, he's so aggressive, shoots a lot of gaps and he makes a lot of fun plays. You saw it in the Florida game, him just like blowing up plays in the backfield, seeing plays before they happen and if he starts to slow that game down, especially in the middle of the defense, I think he could be a really, really big proponent of this defense, especially with Caleb Kelly out there helping mentor him and stuff like that. Now that Caleb Kelly can actually go and play and show himself in practice instead of like having him come to the sideline. Do you think Caleb Kelly actually gets playing time this year? Or do you think he's more like of a, like a mentor <laughs> figure? You know what I mean? Like, is he gonna I think he's
1: going to be the mentor here. He's going to be the Trevor Knight of this group.
0: You think he's going to be holding the clipboard a lot?
1: Yeah, I bet. So, I mean, there's just so many injuries the body can take before you start right. slowing down. And Caleb Kelly just had a, he's get uh, he's the Rodney Anderson of this group, except That's he's tough. not going to do great.
0: That's tough. Cause like if, if Caleb Kelly had not gotten injured and actually had this staff with Brian Modem, I think he would have been something really special,
1: but also, I mean, I don't mean this in a bad way. Caleb Kelly already has like two degrees and I think he's going into like a doctorate or something.
0: Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's so your
1: priorities play. to be a great player may not be there.
0: This man is using his eligibility to the best, yeah. End, his Does that ability. make any
1: sense? Like, yeah, no, yeah, I get it. Your future's it off
0: the field, and you know it, and he knows it too. He knows it too, and that's fair. Does Oklahoma have any Big 12 All Americans in this group? If we Big on the, 12 defense, on the defensive line, named... on the defensive line, we said, Yeah, we had like three, what yeah, do we have here.
1: I think Brian Alsmo might be one of the best linebackers in uh, the Big Twelve. Wow! I think uh, what's the other competition? The the dude from uh, Iowa State was a Rose.
0: Yeah, Mike Rose. Rose. Yeah, because like everybody in Iowa two. State's coming back for another loss. And then um, maybe
1: I mean maybe Justin Harrington, just because he's going to be that different, like that different looking player on defense that. People might just be like, "Okay, that guy's that guy's for real," just because he's going to look so different than the rest of the DBs that Oklahoma's been used to.
0: Hmm. So two,
1: I'll go two. I'll
0: go three. Give me David Aguibu. I think he's going to end up starting a lot uh, by game three, and I think he's going to make a lot of big plays. And because like people don't care about production as much, how, how many tackles you get, people care about highlight plays. And if Oklahoma is the top five team in the nation like they should be, and he's out there making plays, he's going to get on those lists. So David Agwebu, give me actually Woody Washington. I'm very bullish on okay. Woody Washington after last season. You know, he's kind of thrown to the fire, thrown into the mix, and he played exceptionally well, really, really well. And now he's getting an offseason to condition, get bigger, get better at his craft. I really like what he's going to do for Oklahoma, and I really like what he can do. And third, give me DTY. That dude, if he stays healthy – in that system with Grinch, who Grinch trusts him so much. Grinch loves Delarian Turner-Yale. And I think he's going to be one of the better safeties in the, in the Big 12. So give me three Big 12 All-Americans. Now, does Oklahoma have, on this side of the ball, what we just talked about, does Oklahoma have any national americans Or no?
1: Uh, I'm going to go no. Any second,
0: second or third teamers?
1: He might get a third team in there. Okay. I'll go Brian Osamoa.
0: Wow, you are it's like like my my breakout candidate was Brian Asamoa and you already think he's arrived.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he's just going to have the numbers, the production um to get some some national recognition there.
0: Interesting. Especially
1: the way he ended last season. I think he's already got a few eyes on him and then being that linebacker in the Big 12, you're going to obviously have, you know, the the numbers to back it up as far as total tackles maybe a few sacks maybe mm-hmm. interception
0: that's fair i don't think they have any national i i i, I agree i think they might have like a, a second or third teamer, one or two maybe if especially if they make it to the national semifinal and they the defense plays well i think they might have one or two second or third teamers but i don't think they'll have any first teamers they only have one or two total uh maybe but i think the big 12 will be littered with oklahoma sooners both on offense and defense for obvious obvious and a variety of reasons but alex grinch his defenses his first year exceeded expectations his second year they got even better and more disruptive third year where's that defense going to be ranked in defensive s&p
1: for that one that's tough I think they have more, they better, they have better depth for sure. Um, as far as just SP P rankings, I'll go maybe top 20. But I don't know if it's gonna be that much just because you're playing in the big 12. Um, so you already have those, those offenses there that kind of destroy your rankings anyways. And I think the big 12 skill players are going to be a little bit better this year. So I'll go, let's go top 25.
0: Okay. Give me man that's tough because the offense is gonna score so many points.
1: right and then you also have the the fact that maybe this offense does what the 2008 offense did when it just give everyone so many opportunities because you're scoring so quickly.
0: Yeah that still still give me because of the amount of depth man still give me top 20. I, I, I agree with that I vibe with that because their defensive line they have a lot of depth we talked about that like last week in here. In the defensive back room, it's not that they never really had depth. They just had piss-poor coaching, linebackers and defensive backs. And now that's just not the case. With Alex Grinch there, with Roy Manning there, with Brian Odom there, you just love what they're doing with these guys and how they're developing them. And that's what Oklahoma has done traditionally, was just developing their talent much better than Texas had. And so now you're actually getting legitimate guys and you're developing those legitimate four- and five-star guys, and I, I'm very excited to see what Oklahoma can do for the future should Alex Grinch and Brian Odom stay on Oklahoma's staff. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say give me top 20 because this team is going to be a top-five team in the country going into the, in, into next season. They have a lot of hype. They have a lot of dudes coming back. Their bodies are going to be mature. They're mentally getting more mature, and they should be able to make a title run. And I think that having a top-20 defense isn't out of like the discussion because of how well they performed the last two seasons and now you're getting into like the first season is like the shock season right what is Oklahoma gonna do they're learning a new defense the second season is all right let's set the bar a little bit higher and let's see if we can operate at that level which they did by the end of the season the third season is it's full go strap your shit in let's go let's play some football so they know what they're doing and they're going to be they're going to be playing at a very high level so I think top 20 is so acceptable to say and i wouldn't be surprised if they finished like you know 24th or 5th but i wouldn't be a disappointment uh just because of the nature of football they play and how they're going to be playing offense i think that's fair to say but um that's all i've got do you have anything else to add
1: i think you send it all right there at the end i try to do that little mic drop
0: you know yes yeah, it's, it's it's important you know because Man, spring games in less than two weeks. Football's kind of getting back. You get a little taste, a little taste of football before before the summer, and then you get all those two days, and you just pray that nobody gets hurt. Right?
1: That's the plan. But also, I guess you can say recruiting's coming back in a way. Yeah. The the period. dead period most likely ending on was it June first? Did they approve that? Yeah, June first. So, hopefully, that gives us a little bit of recruiting news.
0: Should be fun. Um, go ahead and follow us on crimsonandcreammachine.com, y'all. And on Twitter, you can follow us at CCMachine. You can follow Jack, who has been missing for like a year now, but you know, he'll, he'll <laughs> it'll be okay. Everything will be fine. At Jay Larry Shields, you can follow me at K Marabi, K Marabi and CCM, I can't say my last name. You can follow Steven at OUPDATESB. OU you should join the Discord, by the way. I think that's a great decision if, if you should join the Discord and, and, and like, there's been several messages since I've just been hanging out podcasting. I, I see them popping up on my phone. If you guys want an invite, just ask me or Steven, or we might even just drop it on Twitter just because. But other than that, if you like what you heard, subscribe, drop us a five-star review, and we'll check you guys later.